the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He who is able to save is able to save to the uttermost. The sure foundation of the gospel set upon the rock of Christ. That's what we're exploring today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Last time we were together, we were exploring Romans 8, verses 28 through 39. If God be for us, who can be against us? Paul goes on to say, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He says, I'm sure that neither death nor life, angels, rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What a statement. And that statement is fixed firmly on Christ, our rock of foundation, the glorious gospel of the rock. Join us here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Again, Romans 8, verses 28 through 39. The glorious gospel of our rock, or God, justifies Through the questions in our text, who, what, who, what, it is almost as if the Lord is actually telling us there is nothing more important for you to know than that I am your reconciled Father and I love you. You're going to face many troubles in this life as he summarizes a good many of them at the end of this chapter. You're going to struggle. You're going to feel like life is just upside down. Sometimes you're going to feel like you are being suffocated. But the Lord says to us here, listen, if I am for you, it doesn't matter who is against you. I hold you in the palm of my hand, and he who touches you touches the apple of my eye, my people. And of course, you know what you can do, what you know what you do when someone tries to touch the pupil of your eye. You'll push them away or you'll just outright slug them. Well, God does the same thing to those who try to touch you. So we need to rest here in our Father's love, in his kindness, his grace and his mercy to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that is the only reason that we can have the confidence, as verse 32 brought out at the end of last week's sermon. For God did not spare his own son. And he was not in the least bit lenient with him. Sometimes as parents, we are lenient to our children. Well, yes, there were some aggravated circumstances here, but... I was probably too harsh. So we struggle with these things. 
you're still going to need to deal out some discipline. But it won't be as bad as it possibly could be. But not so with Jesus. It was as bad as it should be. It was as bad as it could be. In fact, it was as bad as it needed to be. The father did not spare his son one lash, not one flame of hell, not one stroke of divine justice or the sword that struck him so that he could spare us. So that he could be merciful to us. And we would have every confidence that whatever happens to us, it is not God's strokes of judgment falling on our heads. It is strokes of love from the Heavenly Father who would, cha- who would chasten us that we might be conformed to the image of His Son. Now verse 33 where we pick up with today. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? We know the world will accuse us. Well, you do act holier than thou. And of course, in our day and age, how audacious it is for you Christians to say that everyone else is lost, but those who believe the version, your version of the truth. You are all arrogant, bigoted, narrow-minded. And of course, sometimes our own conscience accuses us and lays a charge against us. Even within the body of Christ, we'll accuse each other of things. But God here tells us something very, very important. No charge sticks where I have justified. But what about Satan? Is he not called in Revelation 12.10 the accuser of the brethren? He was. And we need to take something seriously. Particularly in an age in which we now have public groups who erect images to Satan in town halls and in city parks. We need to remember what Satan is. He is a murderer from the beginning. He wants to kill every single man, woman, and child. He wants to kill physically. He wants to kill spiritually. He is the father of every lie, which is one of the reasons we need to be careful that we tell the truth. Because we don't want any of his sulfur tongue sticking to us as believers. So if we don't tell the absolute truth when we are called upon to do so, we have to understand Satan is lurking somewhere near because he is the father of lies our Savior said in John 8, 44. But you know what? Jesus has cast out the accuser of the brethren, John says in Revelation 12. He cannot do what he used to do, like we see in Job's life, that very godly man. Satan hated Job. Satan wanted to do everything to destroy Job, but God said, don't kill him, because God knew. If Satan had free reign, Satan would torture him and then kill him. Because Satan is a hater of men. Because men are made 
in the image of God and have the possibility of being renewed fully into that image and enjoy God. Satan does not. He is filled with malice and hate and enmity. The Lord Jesus, our great Michael, that great dragon slayer has come and he has crushed the head of this serpent. How? By bearing all the accusations that we will ever have. Why can no one lay a charge against us that sticks? Even God will not lay a charge against us that sticks because he takes the cross seriously. He laid upon his son every one of the accusations against us that were true. Paul is not saying here we have nothing to be accused of. That's not the point. The point here is that we have much that other people could accuse us of. There is much. And every single person in this room, much. We could go for weeks and never get to the bottom of everything that we could be accused of. Our unbelief, our lust, our lies, our covetousness, our fears, our worries, everything. Our pride, our narcissism. All these charges are true. Many of the world's charges against us are true. Christians do very often have a holier-than-thou attitude. We manifest at times more bigotry than we do humility and meekness in defending the truth. All these things are true, and it is pointless to defend ourselves against them. The point here is not that there are not things to be accused of, but the point is Jesus has borne all the accusations. He has taken them all. He has taken all the, you did this. Yes, I did. You did this. Yes, I did. You did that. Yes, I did. You deserve to be condemned. Yes, I do. But he took it. Now, when we hear these, this phrase at the end of verse 33, it is God that justifies This ends all the tremulous movements of our conscience, all the fear. You know, there's only one key that will go into the lock of the conscience and to turn that lock so that the guilty can go out with cleansed consciences and courage. There is only one key, and that is when the judge himself says, not guilty. That is the only key. You can try all your life with masses and pilgrimages, being nice, not doing dope, not being mean to your wife or husband, but that will not turn the key of conscience. And a conscience can be put in a corner for a while, but it has a very, very persistent, dogged way of coming back out when you don't want it. And laying all those things against you. Particularly if you are still conscious before you go to meet your maker. There's only one thing that silences the conscience. And that is for the conscience to hear God's own voice saying that sinner is not guilty. That sinner is innocent. And then click. The lock is oiled, cleaned, and smooth. 
the door opens and we come out. Because God himself, when he saw there was no one to deliver, that we could not justify ourselves, that we couldn't do anything, he unlocked and opened the door himself. You have to understand, and I know I've mentioned this so many times, but you can't do anything, beloved. You cannot do one thing to make a holy God look at you and smile and think well of you or be favorable to you. You cannot do one single solitary thing, not in this life and certainly not in the life to come. Nothing. So God took it upon himself to send his son. And upon his son he laid upon him all the iniquity of us all so that the just suffered for the unjust. And he was made sin for us legally and judicially in the place of his people. So that we might be right the righteousness of God in him. So you can look to Jesus Christ and say, yes, I'm a sinner. He is the righteous one. He suffered for me. And so I look to him. He is the Lord of my righteousness. And God declares, you are righteous if you believe in me. And this isn't a process that goes on throughout our lives. This is not, well, God does his part and then I do some things and then eventually I'll be justified. No, no, ridiculous. Roman Catholic, medieval tyranny, Pelagianism, and all the blindness and the darkness and the grief and the agony of conscience that goes with it, All of that is a lie. And we had a reformation to be done with those chains. So let's not go back to them. For it is God who justifies. He declares sinners to be righteous on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done. Turn, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Every believer needs to know this verse in case our own consciences hurl accusations at us, in case our friends do within the body of Christ, and we feel like, well, I need to defend myself. I can't admit I'm wrong. No, my friends, admit it, because there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins that forgives. 2 Corinthians 5.19. To wit, the God, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech, urged, begged, exhorted you through us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him the righteous one to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. The fact that God justifies us is the most important phrase I think that anyone can ever hear. And I'm not just saying that because this happens to be in, this, in the text of this Sunday. We could talk about how to make your family better, but that would not be the most important thing you would hear. Now, many people go to heaven while their families 
on earth are a wreck. Now, that's not what we want to do, obviously, but obviously it's not the most important thing. I could tell you three ways to storm and take over Washington, D.C. again, but many people go to heaven who never even went on social or political crusades. So that is not the most important thing that you'll ever hear. The most important two words any sinner will ever hear is that God justifies. The two most important words, and you better hear them, not only for this life. Are you going to have gratitude to serve God unless you know God has justified me? He has declared me righteous on the basis of what Christ has done. And so I don't carry around my guilt for the past anymore because Jesus has already borne that guilt. God doesn't look at me with a squinty eye saying, wait a minute, has he really, has she really done enough things to make up for all the past? No, forget all of that. Jesus suffered the full weight of all our curse, and he broke the strength of sin, for he bore the curse of the law for us. This is very important. How can we serve God with a clear conscience unless we know God justifies? How can we be content in our circumstances? Some of us have very difficult situations. There's a psalm that says David was surrounded by God's enemies. But don't just think, well, David was going through some rough stuff back in 3,500 years ago. No, you are surrounded with many enemies. There are many in this nation that hate you and do nothing but devise new laws to make your life miserable. The wicked are a sword in God's hand, and yet they are still responsible for what they do. But how can we go through life with any sense of, it's okay, I'm at peace with him. It is only if we hear those two words, God justifies. And then, no accusations can stick. But beloved, for that to be true of you, you must run to Jesus Christ because God justifies none who do not. Not one of us will be justified, declared right, forgiven, declaimed not guilty, clean, who does not run to the Lamb of God. So run to him, trust him, believe in him. Don't just say, well, I already did that 20 years ago. So I'm just going to go and watch the ball game today. Forget that. Love the Savior. Learn of the Savior. This gospel is too precious to think, well, I believe the formula. So let me just stick it in my pocket and not think of it. But you know, as important as these two words are for this life, every one of us, and we can't speak much about it now because we don't know that much about it, but there is coming a moment in every one of our personal existences, and we will be very conscious of it and very alert of it, and we will know that we are Gary Wagner or we are Catalina Pyle or we are Linda Chow. We'll know who we are. 
and be perfectly conscious while we stand before the holy, holy, holy. For it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. And there is no purgatory. There is no middle ground. Let me try and clean up some things around the margins of my life. No, you die, and you stand before God, and at that moment, all the facade, all of the mask that we wore in front of men, all the excuses that we bribed our consciences with to try and make it through this life, they are going to be burnt up. They will evaporate. And it is God who will do that. Holiness will evaporate them. And there is only two words that will save us in that hour. God justifies. There is a Lamb of God. There's the Savior standing at the right hand of the Father whom I have believed in. Enter into joy of your Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. But if you have not believed that gospel, you will perish forever. It's not a joke. It's very true. If you have bribed your conscience, you will perish forever. If you have worn a mask, you will perish forever. If you have put up a religious facade, hidden behind orthodoxy or experience, without repentance, whatever it may be, you will perish forever. Because unless we eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, we will perish. But whoever looks to Him will be saved. For if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So look to the Son of God and Savior of sinners and cling to Him. Because as Paul goes on with another question in verse 34, there are going to be many occasions where there is still going to be condemnation. We live in Christian homes, and very often we forget that when it comes to being a parent, and our child has done something, the gavel comes down. And we start doing our condemning best of them. Maybe it's to scare them. Maybe it's because they have disappointed us whatever it may be. But we even condemn ourselves harshly. Every godly man who has ever lived has condemned himself because, the judgment, because of the judgment seat of God. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10.31, if we judge ourselves, we would not be the judged. We would not be judged along with the world. But all of that being true, listen, it doesn't matter. Because even our own self-condemnation, if we believe in Jesus, doesn't stick. The condemnation we level against each other, even if they are true, they are forgiven. Because it is Christ who died, and it wasn't accidental. Oh, who is Christ? He is the anointed one. He was the appointed one to take our condemnation upon himself. Then this is one of the reasons why the church has fought against liberalism and why in our day and age, at least in the last 130 years or so, the faithful bride of Christ has had to separate from the main line or mainstream churches because the mainstream churches and the mainstream denominations have reduced Jesus' death on the cross 
to a religious symbol or just a renewal or an example of love and martyrdom for a cause. No, that doesn't do us any good. In fact, it's all a waste of time. Let us just go to hell as quickly as we can with as much forgetfulness as we can because that is all that is coming if that's the case. If that is all the death of Jesus was, there is no atonement. There is no forgiveness for us. There is no cleansing. And that is waiting for us. Accusations and condemnations before the throne of God. So we may as well eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die. Tomorrow we're damned. But no. The anointed one died, Jesus Christ. And who was he? The son of God. The servant that he promised to Isaiah. And before that, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek to David. Before that, the one who would crush Satan's head. The appointed, the anointed son of God. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org. And if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org. Or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.